Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we're continuing our rollout of NWSL 2022 team-by-team previews. And today we're going to take a deep dive into Washington spirit. Before we get into all things reigning champion spirit, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all breaking news at Attacking Third. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, please go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review. It takes just a second and it really helps us out. You could do that on Apple Podcasts, five-star rating slash review, and on Spotify right on the Attacking Third page. So go ahead, give us five stars and help us out if you like what you hear. Lisa, we're here. We're going to talk about the reigning NWSL champion, Washington Spirit. I'm excited to dive into it. We're like still a little bit away from Challenge Cup. We're still definitely far away from the regular season. But as you and I have been like coming together to do these previews, it just still feels like, you know, it's helping the time pass a little bit right before we get NWSL action. I mean, it is. This is our very last preview. All 12 teams knocked them out of the park. We're able to do them and, and do these deep dives. And um, it, it's it's a particular reason we left Washington Spirit till the very last one right before the Challenge Cup starts because they are the reigning champions. Um, they also didn't have a lot of offseason changes personnel and, and roster wise, uh, which it makes for some interesting conversation to talk about, but we did it. And now we just have to wait for the challenge cup to start. And then we can actually watch these teams in action, see what they can do. Um, I'm really, really pumped and excited for this preview in particular with you, Sandra, because I want to hear your picks. I want to see who you're watching. I want to, I want to talk to you about this. And I think a lot of our listeners are hyped for this one because it is Washington spirit. Can they be a two Pete? Let's, let's see, let's see what we got. We're going to get into all that and more. I mean, we talk a lot about in and out of these team previews, how the NWSL was coming off of like one of the most active, you know, yeah. offseason trade windows, right, ever in its, in its own history. Uh, but uh, what we're looking at with this Washington Spirit side is a lot of familiarity, right? So let's just like go in and maybe do a quick team overview to catch people up on, on uh, the Washington Spirit uh, into 2022. Let's start with the head coaching situation. Washington Spirit was considered among several clubs uh, during the offseason that was going to have a head coaching position that they needed to uh, make a hire for. They did have interim head coach Chris Ward as part of their uh, squad in December of 2021. They made it official, naming Chris Ward full-time head coach. He actually took over as acting head coach in the middle of the season, late August, and then ultimately helped lead the team to an NWSL championship. Nine, two, and three record. Two of those losses ended up being COVID forfeitures, right? Procedural 
forfeitures that were issued to the franchise uh, throughout their regular season. Other notable hires, I mean, I don't know if we can call it a hire, but this was something that we also kept an eye on, Lisa, during uh, this sort of uh, front office interfighting, you know, a little bit between uh, ownership. There was a little bit of a, a struggle that was going on there that was really it took place over the course of several months in the latter half of the season, right? Between uh, yeah. Washington Spirit founder uh, Bill Lynch, Steve Baldwin, primary owner, and then uh, minority owner Y. Michelle King. But now as they go into 2022, everything's in stone. Head coach Chris Ward, new majority owner Y. Michelle King. I mean, so much happened in this offseason. We were constantly talking about Washington Spirit and their owners, what they were doing, how they were fighting, and, and what happened. And ultimately came to a conclusion and a conclusion that the players wanted, having Y. Michelle Kang be the full owner. She has full control over this team and decision-making. Um, and she, even towards the end of the 2021 run for Washington Spirit and at the championship. She was very involved. She was at the matches. She was with the players. She was supporting them on and off the pitch. I think that that just says a lot about that. Um, and I mean, it's so crazy to think, and I sound like a broken record, I'm sure, but the fact that this team was able to plow their way through a 2021 season through the playoffs, go on this incredible run towards the end of the season with a new head coach um, ownership fighting happening above them. And every time they stepped off the pitch, them not being aware of what even was happening until it hit social media. I remember the players talking about that. They, they left training one day and they saw tweets that their ownership was uh, under discussion and under battle and to still be able to go and win a championship. Now, just imagine what they are potentially able to do without all of the extra noise in 2022, because now that the ownership debate has settled down, they have a, a head coach in Chris Ward that they wanted, that they have a taste of what he could bring from the end of the 2021 season. I mean, I think things are really, really looking up for Washington and they're already standing at the top of the mountain, right? They already won the, cha the championship, but yeah. things are still looking up for them. Yeah, that was absolutely their their finish in 2021 was about as good as you can expect, right? When we look back at all of the teams and how they did in their finish, their final place uh, in, in 2021, Washington Spirit look back on that and say, we went all the way to the mountain. We lifted the trophy. We are NWSL champions for the 2021 season. And because of that, with everything that they went through, right, sort of making sure it all came together in the end to sort of be that final team standing, when we did our attacking third way too early power rankings episode back in December of 2021, we gave this team first place again, heading into the 2022 season. And we talked a lot about some of the things that we mentioned already, having the new pieces in place, right? And even though this episode was took place during, you know, prior to an offseason and, and trade window really kicking off, we knew that that familiarity, right, with so many of these players uh, in as part of the roster was going to probably give them you know another road to success but but we'll we'll see we'll see we'll have to see if that uh ends up being the case in, in terms of this offseason though with this being a team that didn't have maybe those those big flashy you know player acquisitions that we were seeing with all of this movement right they did make 
some roster additions and some signings, right? And that's what we're going to talk about in this windows right now. We we saw them reintroduce goalkeeper Nicole Barnhart into the mix, bringing another goalkeeper into the fold, right? I think maybe sort of sent off some question marks, but I think once we get into the roster and get into the hows and the whys, we'll see why this is maybe a good addition. But they also <laughs> navigated their draft events uh, very well. They walked away with four 2022 draft picks, uh, coming out of the uh, NWSL draft week there. And probably, uh, you know, the biggest uh, news coming out of Washington Spirit when it comes to uh, signings, right, was probably this million-dollar contract that was issued to Trinity Rodman, a four-year deal uh, equaling just over uh, a million dollars. And I, I got to say, it almost it's a big number. But for me and what we saw out of Trinity Rodman, Almost seems like a steal, quite frankly. What was your reaction when you saw those headlines? I mean, it was exciting because that's the biggest contract um, that this league has seen, that women's soccer has really seen. And also the fact that a women's soccer contract was even making headlines is huge. I mean, there are millions of dollars of contracts that are in the news every day from the NBA and even the WNBA and NFL. But the fact that now the NWSL is in the headlines uh, it's definitely deserved. It comes right off the heels of a, a brand new CBA for the league. However, yeah, a bit of a steal. I mean, Trinity Rodman is so young. Her ceiling is she's nowhere near her ceiling because she's just 19 years old. Rookie of the year in 2021. She has so much potential already cracking into the United States women's national team roster and, and getting caps and minutes there under Vlako Andonovsky. So w- uh, what is it? 1.1 million, just over $1 million contract for four years. Yeah, a bit of a steal. But this is huge for Washington Spirit to be able to nail down a player like Trinity Rodman for the next four years is huge because she is so young at just 19 years old, heading into her second season in the NWSL and under a coach like Chris Ward, who got a taste of what it's like to coach her at the end of 2021, he can really use this year to gel her and mold her into the type of player that uh, really exposes all of her best assets. Uh, it's her speed getting in behind. It's dribbling 1v1 defenders. It's sending those crosses into the box. She's had a number of assists last year. I mean, she, she wasn't a golden boot leader. That was her teammate. But she provided so many assists in Washington Spirit Squad that if she can continue to have assists throughout matches and then also score herself, this player is going to become a quadruple threat. And I think having her at the same club for an extended period of time, four-year contract, is only going to benefit her to have a little bit of consistency and stability in her professional career at this point. But this is the biggest uh, roster signing in the league for the year for uh, anything in the NWSL. So it has to be the biggest for Washington Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think we've talked a lot about certain teams on on some of these previews and saying like, oh, here was the big trade that they made, right? But something within a lot of these things was the concept of you know new contracts or contracts extensions and and those sort of maybe equating, right, drawing that line that this is actually a big deal as well. Maybe 
just as big to some clubs, uh, you know, maybe more than like a big offseason uh, player acquisition. It's maybe retaining the talent that that you have, right? So this was huge, huge headline-breaking news for Trinity Robin and the Washington Spirit. But when we're looking at their biggest losses, right, the most detrimental losses, I think sometimes uh, when it comes to covering women's sports and when you get into the constructs of, of, uh, of a salary cap and, and things like that, when you have a team that makes it all the way and goes and has uh, a defining season and winning a championship, you wonder, are you able to go that next season and help like retain a lot of these players with maybe some other restrictions in place? Right. So we saw in this off season that it was that the spirit were kind of limited in that, that they were still able to sort of retain a lot of that 2021 roster, but they did have to bid farewell to Tegan McGrady when they saw her departure to San Diego wave FC uh, really ahead of that uh, double expansion draft night. And then they also recently saw the departure of Kumi Yokoyama over to Gotham FC. And uh, they were another, uh, maybe an attacking piece, right. For this Washington mm-hmm. spirit side that was part of the, uh, the championship side that, uh, that won it all in the end. So really two names standing out when it comes to the losses here, who uh, maybe rings, you know, a little bit louder in terms of the biggest loss in your opinion, or are they both equal in terms of their departures from this club? Both Tiki McGrady and Yokoyama had very different roles with Washington Spirit. I think uh, maybe a player like Tiki McGrady is a bigger loss just because of of where she was in her career and where she is in her career. Um, however, I think it's honestly a bigger gain for San Diego to get Tiki McGrady than it is a loss for Washington Spirit. If that yeah. makes sense, just because. Yeah. Oh, it, San Diego is a team and expansion club that's looking to develop their their back line and have good defenders that can come in and learn uh, specific tendencies that Casey Stoney is looking to provide at San Diego. And there are plenty of other defenders at Washington Spirit that, that can step in and slot into the back line. I mean, Tegan McGrady saw her minute. She was kind of in and out of the starting lineup, especially towards the end of the season. I think for her personally, this is a great fresh start to go to San Diego. She's going back home to San Diego, which is huge for her. Um, But yeah, I I think that was a a bigger loss. I mean, Yokoyama definitely provided that spark off the bench and they were able to contribute to the game in the attacking presence of the word. But also there's a lot of other attacking threats that Washington Spirit has. So frankly, I think Yokoyama, they're going to do better at Gotham than they they would have at Washington Spirit. They might see more time, see different looks on the field and different positions um, that Scott Parkinson will throw Yokoyama in at Gotham. So honestly, like, it, yes, big losses, but for personnel and player-wise, great moves for them and their individual uh, teams and, and their individual interests. And Washington is going to be okay without them. I mean, they have Trinity Rodman for the next four <laughs> years. I, I think they're set. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, that attack looks uh, just as good on paper, right, as maybe it did. Last year, when we're looking at, you know, breaking down acquisitions or, or, or new signings versus biggest losses, looking to a preseason roster, right, which, again, we've had a lot of fun with these on these previews because they've varied, right? But when the Washington Spirit threw out their preseason rosters, and these were preseason rosters that were coming out that first week of February, mm-hmm. right? 
they came out with a massive 38-player roster for preseason. I loved it. As soon as I saw it, I was just like, of course. Of course, the reigning champions are going to have one of the biggest preseason rosters out there. Uh, but obviously, with some player movement, uh, it's uh, it looks a little different. Now, let's take a look at uh, the names by position here for goalkeepers. They've got a whopping five goalkeepers in their preseason. Aubrey Kingsbury, Devin Kerr, Sidney Schneider, Nicole Barnhart, and Sam Murphy. For the defenders, they've got 11 with Sam Staub, Kelly O'Hara, Emily Sonnet, Morgan Goff, Cameron Bigowski, Alia Martin, Gabby Vincic, Karina Rodriguez, Jordan Thompson, Natalie McNally, and Amber Brooks. For the midfielders, they've listed Julia Rodart, Ju- uh, Jordan Baguette, Andy Sullivan, Bailey Feist, Dorian Bailey, Anna Hefferty, Tori Huster, Taylor Elmer, Jaden Shaw, Andrea Furker, Emma Kirshner, Alexis Mitchell, and Eden Jacobson. And for forwards, they have listed Trinity Rodmans, Avery Collins, Ashley Sanchez, Ashley Hatch, Tara McCown, Tanaya Alexander, Lucy Shepard, and Audrey Harding. That is a ton of talent to be competing in preseason for Washington Spirit. But we hear it all the time across the league, Lisa, right? Uh, Really uh, competitive environments are the kind of concept of, you know, Iron sharpens iron, right? So maybe a lot of competition going on right now in uh, preseason camps. A whopping 37 players listed <laughs> on this roster. We've talked about this, that, that yeah. these clubs and coaches were like, yeah, we'll just throw a bunch of players on this roster and then we'll whittle down and see where we go. And frankly, for, for Washington Spirit, they're in the middle of their preseason where there was an international break. So they lost a lot of players. Um over a two week span for international camps and then international friendly tournament. I mean, we covered she believes cup and Arnold Clark cup here, but there was a number of them going on that uh, made it a little bit thinner at training for Washington spirit. So, Hey, having 37 players that might have helped out, but there's just a, a lot of players on this. I think the five goalkeepers, it's huge adding Nicole Barnhart onto this roster. Um, I personally like it. For Washington Spirit, she's a veteran, a uh, gold medalist. She's She's been to the Olympics. She's won. She's been around the block. She knows what she's doing. And I think that can provide a different veteran leadership look for this squad. But, I mean, they're fighting for spots. It, they're not going to keep five goalkeepers on their no. roster. That's just way too many. Even like 13 midfielders. Holy cow. That's <laughs> just a lot of players. And, and – Frankly, when you scan this list of of names on this roster, so many of them are the exact same from last year. When you look at like the starting 11, the the okay, maybe the starting 15 that was rotated through the starting 11 throughout the entirety of the 2021 season, their names are all here. There were no major losses that Washington Spirit suffered. I mean, I know Tori Huster suffered a, a tough Achilles injury at the end of the 2021 season. So she's SEI, listed SEI on this season-ending injury, uh, which does change things, but they won the championship without her. So uh, not a huge, huge loss. And she's still on the roster. She'll still be there. She's still rehabbing with the team and, and being there in and out every single day. But I mean, a lot of names and a lot of the same names, a lot of familiar faces uh, for, for Washington Spirit fans. 
I think when you're looking at those familiar faces, Lisa, that's sort of her you're nabbing when you're looking at what's the ideal starting 11 for this club as they go into 2022. And you can go through that heavy, you know, preseason roster and still see those familiar faces and say, if everything goes as planned and everyone stays healthy, you can probably nab a starting 11 based on really what we were looking at this team from last year, right? Goalkeeper Aubrey Kingsbury is probably likely to take over. Again, uh, back in the pipes, you know, as a goalkeeper, you're looking at the, the defensive line with uh, Sam Staub, Kelly O'Hara, and Emily Sana, et cetera. So there's throughout each line, you can point out all these familiar faces, including that attack, right, which, which we saw mm-hmm. this sort of chemistry starting to develop between Rodman, between Sanchez, uh, you know, and between Hatch as well. So when it comes to maybe breaking down, maybe looking outside of an ideal starting 11, right, when we're looking at, potential young prospects to to keep an eye on for this team who are you keeping an eye on and why lisa for me i am keeping an eye on trinity rodman um hear me out hear me out she rookie of the year last year so she is still very young one of the youngest players in the league she did not go to college went straight to the professional game um and I, i think she had a lot to prove last year. Trinity Rodman came into the NWSL and um, off the pitch, she doesn't have the closest relationship with her father, Dennis Rodman. And I think that for her as a player, she wanted to prove that she could make a name for herself and not her father's name in Dennis Rodman. And she showed up every day and she tried to be consistent and she worked really hard and she tried to hone her skill. And she ended up being the rookie of the year. She did what she set out to do and be the best that she could be in 2021. At the end of 2021, I mean, it really all came together for her. Rookie of the year, winning an NWSL championship, signing a four-year, over $1 million contract for the Washington Spirit. I don't want that to affect her on the pitch. And because she is so young, I think maybe it could. I I hope that um, some veterans and and older players around her that she's close with, uh, Kelly O'Hara, even on the squad for Washington Spirit, is kind of taking her under her wing and saying, like, Trin, it's okay. Like, you still just got to play ball. Like, that's really it. So I am keeping an eye on Trinity Rodman because I, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a possibility that things could get into her head as her second year in the season. Um, maybe she'll, she'll, I don't want to say slack off, but she doesn't think it'll be as hard as it was last year. She doesn't think she'll have to work as hard, but there are 12 teams and every single player in the league has their eyes on Trinity Rodman. She has a, a bullseye on her back and every single player is coming for her. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's unfair uh, to sort of mention at all. I think obviously when we're looking at something like young prospect, right, you look at somebody like Trinity Rodman and see her age automatically and she fits that category. Right. Even though she's going into her second pro season, but coming off of the season that she had, right, winning rookie of the year honors, making highlight reels. Right. And now coming off of an off season where she inked a, a historic contract right these are all things that are going to come into play as the 2022 season comes more comes closer and comes more into focus right people are going to be looking for that that comes with all the highlights and with all the hype people are going to be looking for if there's going to you know potential for a sophomore slump things Mm -hmm. like that uh you know is this player going to continue you know her development and continue to take that next step into the next uh level and 
I'm hopeful for it. I loved what we saw out of Rodman during that 2021 season. I do know that she also had to, you know, struggle, you know, a little bit with some some lingering back injuries, right? Yeah. Some things that she had to carry. She played through some things, right, and carried some things through uh, that regular season. How is she going to continue to navigate something like that, right, as she continues to uh, develop and and take these steps into her into her pro career? And I'm, who is she going to rely on, right? Well, you know, outside on, of, of that. Sandra, before we dive into that, I'm sorry, I'm just cutting you off here. I can't stop talking. On the other side of Trinity Rodman having potentially a sophomore slump, <laughs> sorry, I just have so many words and exciting things I want to say. I got to get them out. Like, I want her to get better this year. That's a like young prospect. She can still get better. I mean, she That's, has yeah. so much potential in her. Can she be more consistent every time she steps on the field? Can she uh, really manage her injuries as a professional? I mean, right? Like I want her to crack a new glass ceiling um, that she did last year. Can she do it again and continue to grow and get better as a player? That's also the other side of the coin for Trinity Rodman. But who yeah. is she going to rely on? I'm sorry, I stole your transition there. Who is she going to rely on? <laughs> I really, I really don't know because when you're looking, well, honestly, when you're looking at that attacking line, right? Yeah. We're talking about Rodman as a whole in this attacking line. It's a pretty young attacking line, right? Yeah. I think if you're looking at, even if you're looking at somebody like an Ashley Hatch, she's someone who's been in the league for quite some time already, but is only what 26, right? Yeah. So kind of like still developing alongside this. So maybe on the attack line Ashley Hatch is going to be that person right that maybe she leans into for the offensive side of things but in terms of just like still navigating uh, a pro career right in sort of team camaraderie I think this is going for everybody on this roster not just a Trinity Rodman but when they were looking for that experience like that essential experience player for the Washington spirit I don't know how you don't look at this roster and not say that it's Andy Sullivan right this is a player again another player that you're looking at seeing when they entered the league oh 2018 right mm -hmm. you're stepping into a, a fifth year of your career but only at what 26 years old so it's like the age isn't matching up with maybe the, the 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 level of uh you know taking a step into being a pro with this team but Sullivan is a, is a player that has been part of uh you know this franchise and their programs for years right for a long time uh, before going pro as part of the Washington reserves at, at one point and then being drafted by this by this franchise and really sort of growing up up and being built around a little bit, you know, as we started to see more attacking uh, players come into the fold with a Sanchez and with a Rodman. So what Sullivan is doing for this team on the pitch, right, is we're noticing is that it's also, so she's also been doing it off of the pitch for this team when it comes to taking on a leadership role, captaining the team through what was arguably their most difficult season to date, right? And I think that's going to come through even more this year because this team is likely going to be be without their previous, you know, most experienced player and somebody like a Tory Houston, right? Uh, so who who are who are they going to lean on? They're likely going to be some combination of, of, of O'Hara and Sullivan. But I see Sullivan maybe taking that next step into being that sort of uh, leader uh, for for this team moving forward. Active year. We've been covering She Believes Cup already. 2022 is going to continue to have all kinds of international windows, including a big World Cup qualifier. So when we're looking at an international spotlight for this team, I think we've already got a taste of it, Lisa, with players who are coming in and out of this club. We are because this club, Washington Spirit, has the most of any NWSL club 
team, the most players on the United States women's national team roster. Um, and, and that's like a consistent feature because over the last few months, the U.S. women's national team has had a lot of players coming in and out of their rosters, their camps. Um, she believes Cup happened. And a lot of the players from Washington Spirit have been the consistent ones. I think that's probably the biggest chunk of players that could honestly put a little deflation in the middle of this 2022 season for Washington spirit, because they will be without some really, really big names in Kelly O'Hara, Emily Sonnet, Andy Sullivan, Ashley Sanchez, Ashley Hatch and Trinity Rodman. These are really big key pieces. Even Aubrey Kingsbury in goal. She's gotten a a number of call-ups She was on the roster for She Believes Cup, didn't get caps, but she's there. So she's right inside that mix. And this, when you look at this list of players, it's across all of the lines, right? I mean, we talked about the front line for, uh, and the forwards for Washington Spirit. Yeah, Trinity Rodman. Oh, she's gone. Ashley Hatch. Uh, Yeah, Ashley Sanchez. Uh, Andy Sullivan in the midfield. It's almost like these five or six, seven players are all in the starting lineup for Washington spirit. So without them, who is going to step up? And, and that, I mean, I feel like I've echoed this throughout every preview when a team is going to be missing a lot of players during international break. I think it's up to the coaches to kind of establish that next man up mentality and almost like not equal playing time, but equal consistent, like, uh, measures of training, if that makes sense, so that when there is this these substitutes that come in, it's not a drop off of play and it's a seamless transition to what may be the substitutes or, or the second string players, that B team of players that can then get their chance to come in and prove themselves on this roster, especially during World Cup qualifiers this summer, because I think it could uh, really take a hit for Washington Spirit. I'm with you, and I agree with you 100% on that. Like I said, we already got a taste of it, right, with recent uh, January camps and then the She Believes Cup tournament that just took place. Uh, Seeing all of these players representing the Washington spirit, it might disrupt a little bit of the flow, right, that they're trying to establish during the 2022 season on top of already having that target on their back, right, as reigning champions as they go through their title defense through this season, which probably leads us to our biggest burning question for this club entering the 2022 season, right? It's simple. Can the Washington spirit repeat as champions in 2022? Everything on paper says that they can make a run at this and take a crack at this, but it's tough to go back to back in this league. Right. And not only is that happening, they're going to be doing this title defense in an expanded NWSL year where there is now going from uh, 10 teams to 12 teams. What do you think, Lisa? Can they repeat? It's so easy to just look at this one dimensionally and and the roster that they have, the head coach, Chris Ward, that's in place, uh, the new ownership that they have. It should be smooth sailing on paper for this club to just waltz through the 2022 season right into the playoffs and and breeze their way through to the championship. However, we know that soccer is not one dimensional. It is multidimensional. There are many different factors and facets and, and layers and levels to what can happen. Injuries that come up, um, inconsistencies, national team call-ups that happen that pull teams apart, trades that happen mid-season, loans that happen. There are so many different things that could cause this team to 
to not fall apart, but to have holes in it throughout this regular season. I think the biggest thing is that in 2021, Washington Spirit was like this unknown young group of players. They weren't really sure what they were going to throw out at the game every time that they played. Opponents really didn't have much to go on because Washington was using their speed up top, their strength in the midfield and and their vision on the ball to kind of break down teams. And it was almost like a surprising win for them. Not not in a, a shocking way, but more of just like, oh, Washington Spirit, they're still winning. That's pretty fun. I don't know if they have that element of surprise this year. I don't know if they have that chip on their shoulder like they did last year and and the willingness to prove that despite everything happening in the front office with their club, that they could come out and perform on the pitch. It was almost like an outlet for these players to step on the field and just play. Now with everything uh, a smooth off the pitch, can they continue to be those fire starters with the ball in these matches? I I think that if there's a team that could go back to back and win two NWSL championships, this is the squad though. Honestly, I do. If there's any team, it's this team and this roster. Listen, I'm with you on that. The question is, can they repeat in 2022 in terms of a projected finish for this club at the end of 2022? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to stay with our way too early power rankings and I'm going to leave them at number one in the power rankings and I'm going to leave them at number one in a projected finish for the 2022 season. I think there's everything on paper for this team to go ahead and try to repeat, even with an expanded landscape of teams where the competition looking a little different, maybe in some people's opinions, thinning out, right, or leveling out the type of competition that there's going to be in NWSL. But I think that just primes the recipe that primes the pot even more to be stirred for this team to go ahead and be the ones eaten at the end of this season, lifting the title for a second time. I love a good dynasty. I would love to see a new one here in NWSL and with Trinity Robin being the face of that. I think that's very, very exciting. So we're going to keep, I'm going to keep him number one. I think you're kind of feeling the same way. And uh, Hey, if it doesn't happen, you know what we love doing? Coming out here and being proven wrong, right, Lisa? I mean, no pressure, Washington Spirit, but we're dubbing you as number one in 2022. We're doing it. You heard it here. Prove us wrong later. Prove us how hard it was. Um, but, yeah, let's see if they can do it, Sandra. Manifest it, right? It would be pretty fun to see. We're going to be covering it all along the way. I want to thank everybody for joining us and listening to our 2022 spirit preview. We have full by a uh, full team by team previews for every single NWSL club. You can check them all out. You can drop us your thoughts about Washington spirit on Twitter at attacking third, or in the comments, if you subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash attacking third, don't go anywhere. We have an exclusive interview with Washington spirit defender, Sam stop coming right up after this break. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Attacking Third CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera. We are so excited to have player interviews alongside our team-by-team preseason previews for everybody. And uh, we're so excited to have today's guest on the show. We have a special interview segment with Sam Staub, defender for the Washington Spirit, the reigning NWSL champions. First time on the show, Sam. Welcome to Attacking Third. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know, uh, Lisa and I were so excited to finally get to the Washington Spirit uh, preview and get a chance to chat with you because I feel like, well, we both felt that like last season we had a ton of chats with a lot of your teammates. Like we had Hatch on, we had Sullivan on, we had uh, Bledsoe, Kingsbury now on the show. So we were like, who are we going to talk to next? Like we've talked to so many different spirit players. So we were hyped to uh, get a defender on because we're like, we love defense a lot here. (laughs) We do. (laughs) Uh, So reigning NWSL champions, how cool is that to to still hear uh, as you headed to to preseason? It was definitely amazing. I mean, going into preseason, you kind of have like a different outlook about how the season goes, because as everyone knows, last year was pretty treacherous for our club. And um, to know that we still won after all of that, it uh, makes you feel like you can really do anything. So you kind of approach preseason in a different way. And it's been really great. You know, uh, something else we've been asking all of our player interviews here is the off season. It was a little bit shorter, right. Than normal compared to off seasons and past, but was there an opportunity for you to, to get a little bit of a break in, see some family and friends? Were there any like non-soccer activities that you got to participate in a little bit during the off season? Yeah. I mean, I, I did a lot, honestly, we had a lot of girls get married this off season on our team. And so I had three spirit weddings to go to, and I had another wedding, um, with one of my, uh, family friends. So I actually went to four weddings over the off season, was able to go home and relax, see family and friends. Um, like you said, it was very short and we played all the way into the end of November. So we went home right for Thanksgiving. And then after that, I was kind of traveling a lot for the spirit weddings to celebrate with our teammates. It was kind of like a delayed uh, championship celebration and then obviously celebrating their new relationships and all of that. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely did a lot this off season that didn't involve soccer, but it was definitely, it was really fun and much needed. It's so well-deserved, right? I mean, after <laughs> such a long season, like you said, and you get to celebrate, it's been a theme. We've talked to a lot of players and some other ones had a lot of weddings in the off season. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what the NWSL does for you. And you have such a long season and a short off season, you got to put your weddings in there, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I had like two spirit weddings in the span of like six days at one point, like it was crazy. <laughs> Oh, that's, that sounds like a lot of fun though. I mean, like you said, it's almost like an extended celebration of the championship of the season. Um, and that championship was huge for the club. And now as you enter the 2022 preseason and you prepare for this year ahead, do you take a a lot from last year and, and winning the championship? Or is it kind of like wipe the slate clean? Let's start fresh as a team. What's kind of like the vibe for you heading into this year? Um, I think it's honestly a little bit of both. So 
obviously we've had a lot of turnover and change within the club. So from that standpoint, it's almost like wipe the slate clean. Let's like start fresh. Let's start new. But I think like the mentality that we took into the last half of season and what we were able to accomplish with that mentality is kind of what we're starting with to then build on um, because it definitely got us so far. So I do think part of it is building from what we started, but then also like we need to find like what we are really as a club because we went through so much last year. We just want to like wipe the slate clean, really start fresh, start new start building from what we really want to do and then like go from there. In terms of uh, the off season, right. Players maybe get some time to themselves, but for front offices and everything, there's not a lot of uh, resting on your laurels. There were a lot of changes, right. For a lot of clubs over the off season, player movement is kind of the norm, right. When it comes to, to an off season. So for the spirit specifically, a few changes, right. The departure of uh, Tegan McGrady uh, recently, uh, Yokoyama to Gotham, right. That's, but majority of the club, for the most part, in terms of the, the run that you all went on in 2021, appears to still be pretty much intact for the most part. How, do, how would you feel that that sort of gives you an advantage or maybe even a disadvantage uh, into this next season coming up with with maybe like uh, the familiarity, right, of everyone there, but perhaps maybe that familiarity for the opposition as well to sort of take a look at? Yeah, I definitely think it's kind of like a, a double-sided thing. For one, um, we did do so well and we are returning a lot of players that went on that championship run. So I think that's really great. And we continue to build on that. But again, um, like you said, other teams also know what we do and how we got to where we did. So it's kind of on us to be ready for those challenges and then go from there and be able to change what we do, but still be us. Um, so I do definitely think that's like advantages and disadvantages. I personally think it's more of an advantage just because like we know that we did it and we can just do it again. And confidence is so much of like what we do here. So um, I'm definitely excited for what's to come based on personnel being pretty much the same. One change that did happen actually towards the end of the 2021 season, uh, but wasn't made official until December of the off season is having Chris Ward as the head coach of the Washington spirit. Um, when that happened in December and it was official, he did become the head coach. Uh, now, as you can start preseason with him and knowing that you're going to have him for the rest of the year, how does that change your mindset as a player? Um, I think it just gives us a bit more stability. I don't think you ever go into a season thinking that you're going to change your coach midway through, but it, um, we all kind of saw it coming. I mean, he was there at the helm when we went on like our crazy run towards the end of the year. And so we all saw it coming that he was going to be the coach. And then I think it's just exciting to take what we started in such a short period of time. And then just like continuing to build on that and like, kind of see the game through like a different lens. He has a very different coaching style to what we had the previous like two and a half ish years um, from like seeing the game and also analyzing the game. So I think it's going to be really great to have that sort of stability, but then add like all these different um, ways to break teams down and to defend and do all these different things that we never really emphasized before. You mentioned the changes that he brings, uh, analyzing the game and, and approaching the game. What's the one biggest change coaching wise that you're seeing from him? Um, we are actually working on defending. We never really worked on defending before. <laughs> That's gotta be fun for you, right? Yeah, no, it's really exciting. And it like poses a lot more challenges for us. So then we can be like 
ready in games when like those challenges arise. And I think that's what like really changed for our team is like overall, we all really bought into a certain defending style. And like towards the end of the season, we were giving up way less goals. Yeah. And I mean, it, it led to obviously something really great. Okay. So we're, we're all in a, for the first few weeks, right. Of preseason, uh, even us on the media side of things, trying to get stuff like this in, in terms of content. So with these early weeks with the spirit, you're already mentioning about defense being something that you're all working on. What, what are the other general vibes, right. Of, of the team right now in, in these early weeks of, of preseason, are there any like big thematic changes from, from last year versus this year, obviously uh, having Chris Ward in the, the beginning of, of a preseason right versus middles is probably one of them. Um, yeah. So actually a lot of our players are gone right now. Um, a lot of them are representing Canada, Mexico, Jamaica, and the U S and Sweden. Um, so we don't have a ton of like our core player group here right now. Um, but I think that is kind of a really good thing for a lot of us players that are like younger, we can get like a little bit more confidence on the ball, a little bit more time on the ball, more reps to players that don't necessarily always get the reps. Um, and so I think overall, it's just going to boost like our entire team when the girls come back who are on international duty, um, they're primed already from playing all of these games. And then we've kind of been flying here. So it'll just come together. I think next week we'll all be back together. I think it'll just be really great from like confidence boosting and all of that. But while we're here right now, a lot of it is just kind of getting to know each other, um, playing some like fun games, putting some themes in, but not necessarily like hammering us with it yet. Um, but then, yeah, it's been really good so far. A lot of fun, a lot of like confidence building, stuff like that. It's been, it's been really great. Because it is trying to getting get to know each other and, and get comfortable with each other. Do you guys do activities outside of training with each other to get to know each other and, and have fun? Uh, yeah. So we've done like a few like Olympic games type thing. We did like um, yard games one day and then we did like minute to win it games this past week. Um, and so that's been like really fun. It's just like adds a like light side to yeah. what we're doing and everything. Um, and everyone's just like laughing, having a good time, like outside away from the pitch, doing like something fun, but still together. Um, and then while we're here, we're training at IMG and we all stay in like villas together. So we kind of like hang out in villas sometimes, like they're really big. So you can fit a lot of people in here. Um, but yeah, it's been really good. It's good to have the chemistry and, and the camaraderie off the pitch. I mean, it does translate so much. Um, it's something else that happened off the pitch last year. It was a lot of conversation um, when we, Sandra and I just wanted to talk about how well you guys were doing on the pitch, but the ownership conversation around Washington spirit now having why Michelle Kang as, as full owner, um, how, how are the players responding and reacting to that? Uh, it's just really exciting. Honestly, it's been something that we've wanted for a very long time. And she just invests so much in us personally, professionally, um, individually and like club wide as well. Um, and she is just a really like badass woman. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't want someone like that at the helm of your club. Um, yeah, it's, it's just exciting. And to know that we have somewhere to go. We've had meetings with her and she has like a plan in place and it's nice to be able to have a seat at the table almost. Um, and all of us get to 
give our input to her and she is very receptive um, in what we want and what we want to do. Um, and it's just, it's been really great, honestly, really, really great. You know, something else that we've actually been celebrating uh, this month on on Attacking Third is uh, the CBA, the passing of the the, the newly ratified CBA in in, uh, in NWSL. And this actually happened right before the start of preseason, right? So a little bit of history being made before more history was made with the 10th year, right, of, of the season or the NWSL year sort of kicking off. So for you personally, what was uh, maybe your reaction to this this big landmark, uh, you know, negotiation finally uh, coming to a close and having a new uh, CBA? It was it was stressful for sure at first because it was back and forth for a while. I think we waited until like basically the eleventh hour to have everything passed, but that's usually how it goes. Um, but it is exciting to know that there has been progress even since my rookie year and that this is like my fourth year, you know, like from three years, we've seen so much progress within the league, within like people investing in women's sports, investing in the NWSL and then the NWSL hearing that and hearing us. And like you said, creating this landmark CBA, which just is so much better for the players and everything like that. It's, it's so nice to finally feel like you're being heard. And a lot of players older than I have been trying to do this for so long and it feels so good to have that for them as well. You know, a thing that we've been doing on attacking third alongside these interviews when we're celebrating this CBA still uh, is some, some of the bullet points that came out, right. Some of the big main points of this, this CBA that came out, they're just sort of really reflective of like players experiences <laughs> throughout the league, like you can point through some things and say like, wow, like this is probably in here because like a, a player probably went through X, you know, X, Y, or Z. So exactly. for you, like, you know, when you're looking at this or when you were receiving, you know, information as, as being one of the players who was, you know, awaiting something like this to finally pass, was there anything in particular that maybe resonated with you more like on a personal level than some of the other, other points throughout, uh, throughout the uh, CBA? Um, I wouldn't say anything like on a personal level. I always just thought it was so interesting that a woman's league didn't have any sort of maternity leave. Like it's not like, not that I have any plans of that anytime soon, but like, I remember telling my parents that like when they read through my contracts and everything and they're like, Sam, like, what, what is this? Like, what, what are you getting yourself into? You know? Um, So just like to see that there's like progress being made on that front, especially when we're like a women's league. um, I think that, I I mean, it's the bare minimum, but like it should have been in there and I'm glad that it's finally in there to then go from that. It's so crazy to think about that. I mean, there are so many things I, I look at that happened even in the first year of the league that thankfully we've progressed past that, but I mean, the future is still to come. Um, I want to circle back to the pitch for you while while we still have you for a few minutes. I mean, last year was a high 2021 winning the NWSL championship. I mean, hoping for a two P in 2022. Yes. Of course. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) For you, I mean, personally goal wise, what are you setting your setting for yourself this year? Um, heading into 2022. Yeah. So obviously we want to go back to back, but I mean, it's tough to have that sort of goal set without having the smaller ones in place. I think first is like 
playing well together and then hopefully doing well in the challenge club, winning the challenge cup and then going from there. Um, personally, I think it's just like being more consistent and playing well, starting and playing well, connecting simple passes, just being a leader from the back. Um, but yeah, as a club, we definitely want to go back to back, but we can't be thinking that far in advance now it's only February and the championship isn't until like what October, November. So we definitely have to win a few games in between there first to get us back to that. But I think we're going to put ourselves in a good place for it for sure. Gosh, I was, I was hoping to hear you say as a personal goal that you were like, you know, can it like expect fans to see like even more like Sam stop dimes because there were absolutely moments where you just like lobbing <laughs> well, them. Obviously, over. obviously, that, that's <laughs> always part of it. Like, obviously, on a personal level, I want to like affect the game more in that sort of way. But in my position, I can also affect it by them not scoring that many goals as exactly. well. Exactly. We will get you on the board too this year, right? We'll, we'll, you'll get some yes. goals this year. Cool. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Working on that defense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, we always like to close out uh, these interviews with like a, a little bit of fun and something that we've been doing with a lot of our player interviews alongside these team preview episodes. Um, the concepts uh, and the themes that have come up a lot are like, you know, getting back into a rhythm, getting back into a routine because it's it's, it's preseason. Right. So we've been throwing out this kind of two part question to sort of close out the interviews in that uh, a, are you a coffee drinker? And B, you know, if you are or, or not, uh, what is sort of your go-to beverage, whether you're uh, looking for something kind of pre-training or like post-training or post-scrimmage, like what's your go-to order? Um, yes. Yeah, so I do drink coffee, but I only try to drink it in the morning. Um, because I, it'll like affect me if I drink it like afternoon it'll like keep me up. Like I just get like riled up, but I do drink it in the morning. I can just drink black coffee or like I like a latte or just like coffee with some milk. I'm not super particular about it. Um, I just like, don't like cow milk. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> do you eat other kinds of cow milk? Like cheese, yeah, like ice cream, like, yogurt? I don't know okay. why I'm so like bougie about it. I'm like, no, I can't do whole milk. <laughs> But like, I love ice cream. So it's like, I'm just like such a hypocrite. I don't know. (laughs) Look, Sam Stav's not anti-cow, everybody. Just calm down. (laughs) No, I love cows. cows. Like the milk. (laughs) Like genuinely, they're one of my favorite animals. Like my my phone case is a cow print. Like I love, I love cows. But <laughs> not in the coffee. I love that. No, oh, not man. in the coffee. It's just Fantastic. it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. You mix it up. I like that you don't stay in, in one category, just what strikes you black coffee, latte, either or. Um yeah. I wanna I wanna thank everybody. Uh, we always thank everybody for for joining along in our episodes and listening. So thank you to our audience for joining us today. Sam, thank you for being with us on Attacking Third. Good luck in the 2022 season. Everybody, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at attacking third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. You can leave us a five-star review on Spotify now, and we're also available as video. You can subscribe to us at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back on with more team previews ahead of the 2022 NWSL season. For Sandra Herrera, Lisa Roman, and Sam Stiles, this was Attacking Third. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.